0: Trust me, trust me, trust me. me. Really i trust me. Trust me, trust me, Yeah. I'm here. Call me. 僕がいるから Trust me, My trust me. Trust me,
1: Hey again, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. We have a super exciting episode coming to you this time, but who am I kidding? All of our episodes are really exciting, at least in my opinion. I'm not biased at all. I'm not even on this podcast. Uh, My name is Austin here, and I am joined by...
2: It's me,
3: Tori.
4: And uh, me trying not to drown in the amount of anime that came out this decade, Bill.
3: (laughs) And me, Sarah.
1: So, uh, we are all going to be trying to do the impossible, where we will be spending an entire podcast talking about literally every single anime that came out in the last 10 years and reviewing all of them in depth wait it's i feel like i'm reading mm. the
4: wrong show notes here is this Please correct no. <laughs> is this what we're doing that's that's for the uh, endless car ride that you have to go on <laughs> yes, we will, we will be recording a podcast for
1: 25 straight out. I'm kidding, no, we're not going to be doing that um, We are going to be celebrating the end of the decade, though Because the 2010s have come to their 2000 and ends I've used that joke way too many times But come on, it's, it's really Thank you I'm Thank laughing you. Thank you, Bill. Um, But yes, so we are going to use this particular episode to celebrate some of our favorite things that have come out this decade. Uh, We're not going to be talking about all of our favorite things because that would be quite a list. But we are going to talk about four uh, anime series that meant a lot to us. We're going to talk about some honorable mentions as well. And we also have some listener and random people on the internet submitted um, comments Like comments and uh, stories about some series that meant a lot to you all uh, during the decade. And some folks gave some very short and sweet answers and some people gave some very long and sweet answers. So we're excited to share that with you guys. But yes, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite anime of this decade. Um, But first, uh, I did want to share with everyone some of the statistical results of our Uh, User and listener poll I made a horrible and yet Kind of excellent mistake Of actually posting this thing on Reddit So we got a lot more Responses than I think We otherwise would have But also a lot of people complaining about my methodology Which is just like "Eh, Whatever I don't care This is my survey not yours Anyway meh (laughs) So, um, we're going to start here at the bottom. I had a list of about a hundred different series that came out throughout the 2010s, and just asked people to fill out this Google survey to sort of check the mark, check the box beside uh, which series uh, that they really, really enjoyed, and they could pick as many as they wanted. So we got a lot of things here, I'm just going to go with some of the things that were kind of moderately popular um we got some decent votes for the tatami galaxy and um yuri on ice of course uh yuru yuri and shihaya furu were very popular
2: yes Mm.
1: uh penguin drum was kind of up there we've got violet evergarden a place further than the universe Uh, darabara konosuba land of the lustrous anohana pop team epic and now we're getting to the things that were a little bit more popular. We've got Space Dandy, Nichijou, Aggretsuko, One Punch Man, Psycho Pass, Madoka Magica. And then we have a three-way tie for... Okay, excuse me. Okay, Kill a Kill is up there too, but it's not quite tied for the top three. We have a three-way tie for which series ended up being the most popular. Do you guys have any guesses which ones those would be?
2: Um, no, because I'm going to be disappointed uh,
1: My Hero Academia I, I don't know <laughs> My here, Tori,
4: I think Sorry, go ahead
1: My Hero Academia, no
4: Hmm.
1: Tori, I think you actually, out of all the people Will be the least disappointed
2: Oh, that's scary
1: Because <laughs> yeah, so you were having reading some that, of those
2: off And I was just sitting here hard eye-rolling Anyway, go on
1: <laughs> Yeah, um, so having said that What do you think I'm going to say? Hmm
2: God, is it pretty cute? <laughs> uh, no,
1: in in your dreams.
2: Uh, one day, one day. Um, pop- most popular anime of the decade that I would like.
1: You're gonna feel dumb if you don't guess it.
2: I don't know. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul.
1: No, that was kind of on the lower end.
2: Um. I I really don't know. I'm trying to think. Like the past ten years have been such a blur. Ugh. Um, Was I don't know there... what is it. Yeah, it's a
3: wide pool to draw Was
2: from. Was
1: there <laughs> a fatal frame? It is <laughs> a wide pool. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So the three-way tie for the thing thing the three series with the most votes are Steins Gate, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And Mob Psycho 100.
5: Oh, good. Wow.
1: So it is very encouraging to know that all the people that filled this out more or less have have very good taste. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least they have diverse tastes enough to like terrible things and good things at the same time.
2: That's why they're here listening to us. (coughs)
1: Exactly, because we (laughs) encapsulate that fully. Um, I will not go into the stats related to the movies, because I will save that for our films episode, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks whenever we get that scheduled. Um, But yeah, I was very pleased with all of the responses to um, my uh, submission form, so I very much appreciate everybody who decided to participate in that. Thank you so much. Look out in another 10 years whenever I will shoot another one of these out there. Um, Probably from my brain because hopefully, with any luck, we'll all be cyborgs by then. But, let's go ahead and move into some of our honorable mentions from the past decade. Shows that did not quite make it into our quote-unquote top four, even though this top four is like very arbitrary. And I will say that we... All have read each other's um, picks beforehand so we're not gonna act surprised or anything because we're not surprised and we did tailor our lists so that there wouldn't be any overlap um, like for example there are some shows that were favorites of mine that were also favorites of someone else so I decided not to put it on my list because we were gonna talk about it anyway um, and the same is true for our honorable mentions so Tori go ahead and talk about some of your honorable mentions am
2: I just going through them all
1: Sure, if you want.
2: Oh, okay. Um, So the first one I put down, which is uh, controversial, though not really. Um, I'm not really into the series anymore, but I think that it's worth mentioning. But uh, my first honorable mention is Attack on Titan. (laughs) Um, just because it's one of those shows that I felt was like such a cultural staple
4: and Mm -hmm. I feel
2: like it along with Sword Art Online was kind of the first handful of series that kind of perpetuated the regular folk getting into the anime. (laughs) Um, I know Attack on Titan was super big when I was working at Barnes & Noble because um, it had just started airing and we were starting to get the manga and um, that location I worked at was in a predominantly military town. <laughs> so uh, very regularly you'd have all these guys coming in like donning all this attack on Titan gear and like buff military guys and it just it was all too real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, attack on Titan I don't think it's popularity at its time or its craze can really be understated because mm-hmm. just thinking about that thinking back to that time, you know, That was really sort of the progenitor of sort of anime popularity as we know it, you know, sort of now Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of without Attack on Titan being such like a truly like cross-fandom sort of um, phenomenon You know, it was huge among both anime fans and sort of regular, you know, TV watchers, movie watchers, nerds My mom watched it
2: and thoroughly enjoyed it and she makes fun of me for liking anime all the time
1: yeah i mean i showed <laughs> i showed the whole first season to my dad and he really got into it i i think sort of people that was sort of the beginning of people getting a little bit of walking dead fatigue so I yes think those, uh, <laughs> those those fans were sort of thirsty for finding something else but uh,
2: if you uh kind of think about it it follows the same formula ever so slightly
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's a perfect sort of uh, next step for folks like that. It's a great introductory anime. Like a lot of the characters are extremely likable. You know, it's got some issues for sure, but um, it's also got some really good parts too. I mean, that Hiroyuki Sawano soundtrack is just you know Chef's Kiss That's and all the about is wow. just amazing.
4: Especially that opening song where it became oh, an <laughs> internet meme. Of oh, yeah. just how that song was everywhere. For a while mm-hmm. and back in 2011, 2012, I think that's that song especially kind of perpetuated the Attack on Titan fandom for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You couldn't Definitely. go to any convention for like the next three years after that without bumping into somebody in a tan military coat.
1: And now, if you go to one now, there will not be a single one in sight. No. no. Maybe,
4: I, maybe three. I, Surreal. I think what killed it was the, just the long distances between season productions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's I, very true. Well,
2: there's a lot of other reasons that it kind of died off, but I don't think we should get into that now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some, some criticism being laid at the, towards the series, and I don't know enough about it to really comment on it, but... Um, it is a divisive work um but its popularity cannot be understated and what it really did to sort of lift all ships you know in terms of anime Mm -hmm. popularity because Mm -hmm. i mean i think i think something later on like my hero academia probably would have been able to reach the popularity that it has now without attack on titan but attack on titan certainly paved the way
2: for sure um all right moving on the next thing i put i don't know why this didn't make it into the actual shows i wanted to talk about but um the next thing i put on my list was yuru yuri (laughs) um because it's good and it's funny and i feel like it along with the show i'm going to talk about after it has such a niche like i don't know i just feel like if you like if you like stuff like kaon and Joe, like, why aren't you watching this show? It's just about a bunch of girls in the club being stupid and has, like, you know, slightly gay tones to it. Um, but it's just these friends getting up to really stupid shenanigans. And um, there's a tomato kigurumi and a lot of rum raisin ice cream.
1: Mm.
2: And uh, it's good. Go watch it. <laughs>
1: I'm really glad that you didn't say tomato ice cream and a rum raisin kigurumi, because that sounds gross. (laughs)
2: That does sound really
3: nasty. Mm. The Um, world's wrinkliest kigurumi. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, Oh, gosh. Um, Yeah, it's a a really, really fun show. Um, And the next one, I think, kind of in the same vein, uh, Joshiraku. Um, It's another kind of, like, stupid, punny... Um, slapstick comedy show, um, but the five main characters, they're rakugo comedians, um, which is something that you, like, never see ever. All the characters are really um, diverse. Like, there's one who is completely stuck in the Edo period, so she uh, talks really um, archaically, and they'll have trouble, like, understanding what she is saying a lot of the time um and i feel like they're all just really like it feels kind of refreshing when you put it against the other like slice of life like girls doing silly things show um and like no one i know has watched the show and it's really sad because it's so funny and it's on high dive now so it's been localized
3: yeah Mm. they're um Yuru Yuri and Joshi Raku, both of those are ones that when I was going through trying to figure out stuff from this past decade, that I was like, I definitely watched the first few episodes of those and loved them, mm-hmm. and then didn't really finish them, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but it's like I gotta go back. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Joshi Raku. Um, I have never watched a single minute of it In my life, I just know that it has the same Character designer as Toradora Yes, and but it's automatic. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say like Seeing those character designs kind of make me wince Because I'm not a huge fan of Toradora Even mm. though the character designs are pretty good um, So I'll definitely have to Check that one out
2: And then my last honorable mention Which I will not elaborate on whatsoever You're just going to take it for what it is Is ReZero <laughs> Yes! I'm gonna Dude. have to
1: press you on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um anyway, so I hate isekai <laughs> with like but this one. Uh, but Magic, this one. Magic
1: Knight Ray Earth called and said, "How dare you?"
2: God, you're right. I love Ray Earth, but um anyway, so I'm going to make the hot controversial opinion that I do not like isekai
3: shows. We just have
2: That's
1: t- not controversial.
3: No, that's pretty
2: I- that's,
1: that's pretty popular. <laughs>
3: Everyone either loves all of them or hates Okay, okay, 80%. that's that is so good
2: because like most of them are not good they are like just the worst like male power fantasy they're usually not funny but there's just something about re-zero that made me really like it (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and i don't know if it's just like it's like the characters or just the world that they've built up um and like you know trying to see this main character like get through all this stuff and um just failing every time and it's like I don't know man I really can't tell you why I like it but I do
1: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen too much of ReZero maybe just like the first episode or two but it strikes me as this is my Steinsgate adventure in another world
2: (laughs) um yeah sort of
1: sort of close okay Mm -hmm. well I don't pretend to know anything
2: that's okay
4: (laughs) Uh, Bill, over to you. Um I don't know if this counts as an anime, but it was made by Ghibli. So I'm going to count it. It would be a thunderbolt fantasy. <laughs>
0: okay
1: let me tell you right now it counts okay
4: good (laughs) to know the reason why i love the show is just the intricacy of its production because it's all done through puppetry. Um, the, all the miniature sets and all the uh, uh, puppetry and the, the way the characters are made is just meticulous and gorgeous to look at. On top of it, having a great kind of medieval Japanese fantasy story being on, uh, told on top of it. I've only watched the first season and loved it. I need to go watch the prequel movie and the second season and there was also a uh i think a kabuki theater live takarazuka uh, takarazuka thank you mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. good it, mm. that i've heard was really good and so everything thunderbolt fantasy has done it's just chef's kiss really good <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nah. so i would highly recommend uh you check out thunderbolt fantasy if you love uh action adventure uh Type mystery stories Kind of like the hero's journey And if you also really uh, Want to marvel at just the Craftsmanship of uh, What they made
1: I feel like Thunderbolt Fantasy Would be something that would be Probably in my top four Had I actually watched more of it (laughs) Because I've seen two episodes Tori you and I watched them together I believe Mm -hmm. and it is Just mind bogglingly Good like so good like unimaginably good for what it is um like everything just comes together so well like the characters are really neat the music is amazing the effects are really cool and it's like unlike anything else in terms of like normal anime that you see because it's freaking puppets man like that's just so cool (laughs)
4: uh next up is uh, a very unknown show called my hero academia uh, <laughs> What's
3: that one about? <laughs> uh,
4: I don't know. I, I I hope it gets out of this obscurity bubble. Uh, <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs>
1: is that a Marvel comic?
4: <laughs> oh, no. it, it could it could look like one. So uh, if you watched anime this decade, you probably know what My Hero Academia is. It's probably the most popular, one of the most popular modern uh, shonen series going on today. They're on season four currently, and the. For the longest time, I was really hesitant to get into My hair Academia because my, all my time invested into One Piece, and so I was just kind of like a jealous uh, fanboy of just like, why can't anyone pay attention to One Piece, meh, nah. so, <laughs> and, and I finally let my ice heart down and started watching My hair Academia, and I realized just why people love it so much. One, it's easy to relate to because it's uh, superhero based. Which is just everywhere here in the United States. Uh, to um, the character of Deku, is it's a character you can't help but root for, and I like that he's a different type of shonen character. Like he's not just the brute, strong, but very uh, dumb in the head. Like he's a very um, sweet person that is very caring with his feelings about everyone around him, even if the even if uh, people around him like. Uh, Mistreat him or just kind of um, shove up, shove him off. Um, so his his feelings for other are very much at the forefront, and also just the just the cast of characters are just um, really fun, especially All Might uh, with his wonderful English uh, pronunciations if you watch the Japanese, and how he's basically their equivalent to Superman, and just um, the great. Um, uh, kind of uh, master-apprentice a relationship between the two of them, and uh, the action sequences are also really done as well, If uh, of course, because it is a uh, shonen, uh, so yeah, that's my thoughts on My Hero.
2: I feel like I'm still in the small minority of people who have yet to watch this, and I need somebody to sell it to me just right because i've tried four (laughs) times and i just can't do
4: it it hey it's okay like for the longest time i couldn't get into the series and there's just some series you 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 just can't get into for one reason or another but i think because i started reading american comic books at the beginning of the comic book boom and because i had also just Mm. recently got on the one piece train it was just a breath of fresh air because they take seasonal breaks Unlike mm-hmm. One Piece that runs all year, <laughs> and, unlike someone, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I am uh, so you're able to get through pretty pretty fast compared to most shonen, uh, and in, and they are actually this the show actually goes at a pretty good pace compared to most series like Dragon Ball or Fairy Tale or One Piece. That's
2: good. Mm-hmm.
1: I watched um, probably, I watched the first season of My Hero Academia and sort of fell off during season two because it just sort of, uh, it didn't quite grab me as much during the tournament arc, even though I know it's like one of the quote-unquote best tournament arcs in anime sort of Mm. thing, but anyway. Mm. um. It's also
3: just like a setup, like it's it's a setup arc basically for the stuff that comes after it, so I can see how it's just kind of like, okay, we get it.
1: Yeah, it just sort of exhausted me, and I just wasn't as down for it at the time. Because uh, I, because I thought season one was like really energetic, really fun. I really like Deku. Like Bill said, like he's really the linchpin for the whole show. I feel like the whole thing would sort of fall apart if Deku were not such like a
2: likable like character.
1: A, yeah, he's extremely likable. Like s- his his journey and is very yeah, it's very sympathetic, and he's he's not um. He's not a jerk, you know? <laughs> he's, like, a, a really good boy. And he's really trying his best. And there's not this sort of, like, annoyance that you get from characters like Naruto or um, L- L- Ichigo from Bleach that just sort of wear you out after a while. Yeah. Um, and he's just he's just a very honorable kid. And I think he's really the best part of the show from what I saw. But, I mean, I think at this point this ship has kind of sailed for me. I don't really here i don't really feel myself being as drawn to my hero but i'm glad that i watched what i did and i enjoyed what i did so i'm content with that
2: you mm. come into my house my home and disrespect naruto this way <laughs> <laughs> Every,
4: um, everybody has their shonen sorry naruto
2: <laughs> i will say though it's like super cool to see kids like coming in and out of my store like super decked out and like all the merchandise for it and Mm -hmm. I'm just like hey I like your shirt because I want to like make them feel good because they're like 12 13 years old and they need to know that it's okay to like things like this and they just look at me like you know what this is I'm like (laughs) yeah what do you think I'm 70 like (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. But um I don't know, it's like the new generation's Pokemon or something.
4: Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and my final show, which I actually feels like I recently watched, um but I really connected to was uh Violet Evergarden. Um Violet Evergarden is pr- is produced by uh Kyoto Animation, which I know Austin and Tori uh hold a strong torch for uh, for the longest time, I couldn't really get into Q, any shows uh, one way or another. Um, but this one, I think, really, I connected with um, on the surface level for its great kind of um, early uh, 19th century aesthetic and the really beautiful orchestra music that plays throughout the show. But I really um, connected to uh, Violet. Um, in a kind of a weird way. Um, The way uh, Violet acts uh, throughout the show, she kind of reminds me of someone that's on the autistic spectrum. Someone that is very skilled when it comes to um, technical abilities, but struggles when it comes to social cues and talking to other people. Uh, I have a family member who's on the autistic spectrum. So I was kind of projecting my experiences of that onto uh, the main character of Violet. And that made me kind of root for her as she kind of gets to understand express uh, expression of feelings uh, as basically a um, typist slash a conveyor of uh, messages. Because in the show, um, they're basically what they call dolls that um, can write messages uh, that convey feelings from romance to death to sorrow um, for people all across um, the world of Violet Evergarden. Uh, I will say that um, Violet Evergarden is not perfect. It has some problem problematic uh, elements to it um, especially with um, kind of Violet's backstory which I I totally understand the critique of that and I probably my um, feelings on the show are are kind of uh, crazy or a little bit misguided but just kind of watching the show I couldn't help but project um, my experiences with my uh, autistic family members they kind of struggled with social cues and interacting with people but being very good at being technical with uh, technical tasks and it made me just cheer whenever she uh, succeeded, and I loved seeing her personal growth.
1: You're uh, definitely not the only one that I think has a reading of Violet in, in that particular lens, so um, there are definitely people out there that also have that reading, so I, I would definitely not uh, characterize that as like anything
4: you know out of left field or whatever. Hmm. Um, Sarah, I know uh, you watched uh, Violet Evergarden
3: yeah i freaking loved it Mm -hmm. um (laughs) because if you know me you know that i really like like visually gorgeous aesthetics and it had that and then i really like just like insane emotional like appeals and stuff like that and it had that (laughs) oh yeah
4: the um the have a box of tissues with you as, oh for sure. As, as you watch yeah. as you watch Violet Evergarden cuz it is a very
3: Ever, the first couple episodes you're like I don't get why everyone says this is so sad and then you watch and then it, it just hits just right. Yeah. It just you in
5: that gut,
2: <laughs> you know. Um, I think like this is another one of those shows that when I first started to try to watch it I was like I can't do this. I, I just can't do it, but um I pushed through it um mm. and I probably say it's now one of my, like, top favorites of Kyliani and, um, I think it does a very good job at, like, accurately portraying trauma, mm-hmm. um, like, while I definitely and wholeheartedly agree with, like, the reading of Violet of Somebody on the autism spectrum, like, she is also a very, very, very traumatized person, um, and, like, slowly watching her overcome that and, like, learn all these things. was like, really cathartic because it's just like, well, I was never a child soldier in the war, but if she can do it, I can do it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. It's sort of that metaphor of, you know, just overcoming hardship even though you, you know, we all still have our hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think I mentioned this on an episode before. Did we talk about, when's the last time we talked about the show?
4: I think the best. it bit. Wasn't it like the best of the four-hour best of 2018? The modelist. Yes. 20, the
2: yeah. Oh God! Um, I think I mentioned this on <laughs> there, <your> dream. <laughs> but I want to say it again because it was really cool. Um, all the dolls are named after flowers. Oh.
4: oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: even even the ones with really unconventional names that just sound like regular names; those are types of flowers.
1: And they all live in the ever garden. Ah. I don't know. <laughs> mm.
4: Um, And just to add a little bit of addendum to this, uh, as of this recording, Funimation recently announced that they're going to do a limited theatrical run of the Violet Evergarden side story movie uh, that will be, I think they said early early this year, it's going to be coming to theaters. Was Mm -hmm. that Funimation? Yes. Funimation announced Mm -hmm. it. Wow. That's kind of surprising.
2: Can I just say I do not like that poster? It makes me very uncomfortable that that character's foot is just front and center on that table. <laughs> <laughs> She's just in it. <laughs> something something very specific is going on here.
1: Madam, we put our food there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, and those were my honorable mentions, so I think I will hand it off to Sarah.
3: All right, let's go. Lightning ground. Not really. <laughs> um, so my first honorable mention is Haikyuu, because I feel like uh, this decade there were a lot of sports anime, and also there were a lot of anime fans who were actually watching those sports anime. Mm-hmm. Crazy! That is
1: that is a very important distinction.
3: Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, and well, it, but then the thing about that is, then people catch up with everything that's happening with this whole boom, and they're like, okay, but what was happening before? And then they go back and watch like O or they go back and watch Prince of Tennis or something.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: um, But so I just wanted to pick, like, one at least, so I picked Haikyuu, because it's definitely um, my personal favorite, in terms of just being genuinely hilarious to watch. Um, I definitely remember the first time I watched it being like, I think this is the most I've laughed at any anime (laughs) recently, and it's a sports anime, it's not like explicitly a comedy or anything like that. Um, And also just like the way that things are set up is really simplistic but like cute like the way that all the high schools are based on different animals and even the like character designs are like oh yeah that's the owl school and they all look kind of like owls how'd Mm -hmm. they do that (laughs) um yeah it's really cute and fun and there's a new season so I'm like especially hype about it right now but like there's that anybody got any opinions so far uh
2: Haikyuu is really good. Yeah. Um and it is I think the sports anime that you should show people who don't know if they like sports anime. Uh
4: <laughs> I have a quick question about Haikyuu. Is it kind of like Kuroko in a Basketball in that it's a tournament tournament arcs, tournament arcs?
3: Um kind of like the way they do it is it doesn't yes, feel like it's it like drones, a volleyball though. tournament, but they don't it's not like, yeah.
5: Okay. It's
3: set up in a way where things move very like straightforwardly, I guess if that makes sense. Um I don't know. It's set up in a way that things move narratively instead of just being like tournament, tournament. Okay, we got to beat these guys so we can beat those guys and that's like that's it. Like there's so many other like things happening and emotions, and like, oh, we finally get to do the super special move, and like, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that it, like, Hmm. doesn't feel quite as, like, blocks on a flowchart that have to happen so that we can get through this arc, kind of thing.
1: I've heard that, and I don't really have much experience with either in terms of actually watching them, but I've heard that the major distinction between Kuroko and Haikyuu is that Kuroko is really about superpowers, and Haikyuu (laughs) is more about actual (laughs) sports.
3: I mean, Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff in Haikyuu that's like, okay, but how realistic is that to happen? <laughs> but not to the same extent of, like, Kuroko like no where right? they go into a magical zone and they can, like, <laughs> shoot laser beams out of their eyes or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely a little bit more grounded, which is a joke, cause it's all about flying, kind of, but... Yeah. Haikyuu. Good. <laughs> Set match next symphogear
0: yeah.
3: still haven't even seen the like last two seasons that have happened, so like don't come at me. um But I feel like Gear is one of those shows where even if you've only heard of it, looked up the concept, and immediately been like, "No, I'm good, thank you." You've like heard of it though. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a like series that's had what like six or seven seasons. It's an honor. Yeah, it's long running. Yeah, so it's like it's had season after season most of which have pretty similar plots of like just beating bad guys, bad guys join your side and then you beat a bigger bad guy. Which Sounds like
1: Dragon Ball Z. Yeah
3: it's Dragon Ball Z but with Nana Mizuki singing her ass off like it's (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's like and it's also a completely ridiculous series that so many people can agree is like critically abysmal and yet will still encourage you to watch it at the same time like it's just Mm. one of those and I feel like it's worth mentioning
4: it's it's so it's like a it's so bad it's good
3: kind of yeah pretty much like definitely depends on the person but it's definitely so bad that it's good and it's also definitely one where if you're like guys, anime friends, let's sit down and watch something completely ridiculous that we don't have to worry about, like, paying too much attention to, because sometimes when you pay too much attention to it, it really makes less sense, <laughs> um, <laughs> and just, like, watch this thing. Also, some of the animation in it is actually, like, really good, <laughs> like, like, to the point where it's like, but why, <laughs> Um, but Simple Gear is definitely, uh, a definitive series from this decade, and I will so, die on that hill. Please shoot me on that hill. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't mean to go too far into uh, a different direction on this, but okay. uh, this is a very Sarah tailored question. So mm-hmm. what makes you put Symphogear on your honorable mentions list as opposed to like AKB 0048 or Macross Ooh. Delta, which I know are like kind of similar. It's my understanding.
3: Okay. Both of those are similar because they are both like sci-fi singing shit, right? Mm -hmm. But I felt like Symphogear is one that's more like universally recognized by other people and other people Mm. can hear me mention that name and be like, yes. Whereas AKB0048, or (sighs) I feel like I hesitate to say Macross Delta because I don't like it as much as other Macross series, but yeah, Macross Delta, Um, are like, to me personally, they're really fun to watch and they're great but I also hesitate to wholeheartedly be like yeah go watch that Mm -hmm. in the same way. I
1: guess guess. there might also be the sort of the franchise baggage because there (laughs) might be this expectation that you know something about AKB48 before you watch the anime or that you know something about Macross before you watch the anime.
3: Oh 100% with Macross like Mm -hmm. I would have... I almost might have liked Delta better if I hadn't seen, like, Frontier and Do You Remember Love and all that other stuff before it, but...
1: Oh, wow. I don't
3: know. But, yeah, Symphogear, and then also I feel like Symphogear is more in tune with, like, Best of the Decade because it's, like, been here the whole frickin' decade.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like JoJo's in that sense.
3: Yeah. So next is number six, which, um...
2: Wait, that was only three.
1: Game. Wait. I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> no. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: um. <laughs> I don't have time for this Tom So foolery, next please. is
3: my third choice, which is number six. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> which is a series about I don't even know if I mentioned what suffocier was about. I just went You don't oh. need to. You don't. <laughs> No. Everybody already knows, right?
1: You said um, Dragon Ball Z so with singing. Six That's good is enough. It's
3: about this kid and then this kid who meets this other kid who's a runaway who is from the slums and then the like nice kid ends up getting kicked into the slums in the future. Listen, I haven't watched it in like 10 years. All I know is that it was like the first time that I actually saw a gay relationship in an anime where the anime wasn't just about their relationship and I really enjoyed that aspect of it and that's why I put it on here.
2: And they don't... It's been a long time since I've watched that, but they don't play it off as a joke either. Like, it's it's just there. It's part of the story. Like Yeah. And that's a major sorry to derail you, but that's, like, a major no, problem I have with a lot of shows, is it's a joke.
3: <laughs> right, like, it's a joke, or it's there because it's, like, fetishized, or, like, for yes. entertainment value. Yeah. Um, whereas number six is, like, here's this really neat, like, kind of spy story, but also, yeah, they're gay, but look, and there's hey, bees, look. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Giant bees who kill people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> My worst nightmare, personally. And a, wow. uh, um, another really weird plot point that we won't go into (laughs) (laughs) it's fine we're not gonna worry about it no (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that's what made me put it on there um that was my personal choice i guess compared to sympho gear which was not as personal (laughs) (laughs) but yeah those are all of my honorable mentions Mm -hmm. so then Who's even left at this point? I think we're good, right? (laughs) No, me! Oh, okay, well, Uh, Austin, you can go ahead, I guess.
1: Okay, thank you. you. (laughs) Okay, so my first honorable mention is Ping Pong the Animation. So uh, this, other than seeing clips from uh, Mind Game back in high school, probably, this was the first, like, Masaaki Yuasa work that I saw, like, intentionally. Um and really one of the first sports anime that i really watched um it was one of those things where whenever it first came out back in the day i totally fell for the trap of the hot take meme about ping pong being bad because it's ugly uh i am so glad to have grown up now and i now realize that ping pong is beautiful and people that call it ugly are weak
2: Um, (laughs) I mean, there are plenty of other legitimately ugly and bad series out there to actually dunk on. And this is not one.
1: Tori, thank you for bringing up handshakers. I really appreciate
2: that. (laughs) Anytime. Um,
1: Thank you. Another honorable mention. I'm totally kidding. Um, Yes. uh, So Ping Pong the Animation, I really, really fell in love with it because it is a incredibly well paced series it makes the relatively boring sport of ping pong very very interesting because of Yuasa's very stylish direction it has a lot a lot of very memorable characters that are very down to earth and you really get to see and peer inside their soul for the entirety of the show Um, the two main characters especially are wonderful just to watch the two of them grow and change alongside each other and we sort of um, the veil is sort of lifted on the, like their personal traumas and backstories um, throughout the uh, course of the show, and it is just like the actual match scenes are really really fun. The music is great. I love the non-traditional art style. Um, I could totally see why upon, like, initial viewing, someone would be like, why does it look like this? To which I would say, because not all art has to look the same. Um, So I really, really love Ping Pong. It's something that I, like, think about a lot um, in terms of, you know, just just, like sitting back while I'm doing nothing and thinking, wow, you know what, I really enjoyed Ping Pong the animation. It just has a great feel to it, and I just... I love everything about it like it's very hard for me to give specifics because I don't remember a lot of very very specific things about the show but it has like a lot of feelings that I remember
4: if that makes sense uh, I, I remember uh, us Austin myself and a few other friends of ours just watching this show for the first time and I think uh, watching it especially when they get into the ping-pong matches it feels like uh, you're shooting off into a rocket <laughs> mm. to, just with the um because of the way it's animated it they kind of move the camera all the way out and then you see just the ball go flying uh like a missile and uh, it just gets you really into the speed of uh of of the game of ping pong and also it has an amazing uh rocker of an opening
1: mm, absolutely and then for my second honorable mention, I'm not sure if anybody else other than me has actually watched this show, but it's uh, After the Rain, uh, a show that I sort of uh, blind watched after hearing like a really quick review of it on the Anime News Network podcast, um, of them sort of talking about it and outlining the series um, because it initially interested me a lot because it was a um, sort of like a slice of life series by Wit Studio, and Wit Studio is the studio that did Attack on Titan, Kabaneri, you know, Seraph of the End, all that stuff, so I try and pay attention to anything that they do. Oh, and they also did uh, Ancient Magus Bride, that's right. Um, it's uh, based on a manga, and the initial premise, like, really turned me off. It's it's I sort of went from being interested to being, like, completely uninterested as soon as I read, like, a little bit more about this show, because it is about, like, a pretty significant Uh, age gap romance and I say romance in quotes um, because it's not really so much about that romance Um, it just follows this main character, this girl named Akira who is a a track runner but she um, uh, tore her Achilles tendon and is not able to run track anymore and like she's really depressed about it but she doesn't really know that that's what's going on with her um, and then the other main character is her boss at the restaurant that she works at. And he's sort of like a post-divorce guy with a young uh, son. And he's also sort of having an existential crisis as well about, like, what he wants to do with his life, about feeling like he's a failure, feeling like he's, you know, stuck at this uh, job at a restaurant forever. But he's still, like, a sweet guy and is trying to make it work and is trying to relate with his young um like, employees in a very, like, dad kind of way. So he's a real goofball. And, like, the main character girl, like, starts to develop a crush on him. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, am I, like, weirdly crushing on my 40-year-old boss? Um, And that sounds really salacious, but I promise you it is not really framed in any salacious way. It really is sort of just a vehicle for this show to sort of explore how... um, how like depression works and things like that and how you can um sort of go on these personal journeys together with other people that are experiencing the same sort of issues that you are just in a different way and that's what really clicked with me about this show because there's a lot of emotional sensitivity in this show a lot of emotional subtlety and I ended up really really falling in love with it I'm not sure exactly how much of the uh anime adapts the manga because i know the manga is a little bit on the longer side but uh i feel like the anime pretty much wraps up the story pretty well enough so i really i really enjoy it i think it's very very overlooked but it has a lot of uh, emotional honesty if that's something that you're looking for in your anime
4: is this show streaming anywhere
1: yeah it's on amazon prime hmm. so that's probably why no one watched it valid <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm and then my last pick is probably one of my favorites when it comes to just sheer raw joy and that Space Patrol Luluco, uh, yeah. which is a special a special little show of about six-minute episodes done by Studio Trigger, and it's basically them like patting themselves on the back for an entire show <laughs> by making like constant references to their other things, um, but really, that's not really so much why i like luluko i I really like it because of like the original characters and the original cast because like luluko herself is just like a like a it's like she's just this normal girl who lives in a really weird world and she's just trying to do her best uh while crushing on this space boy and being suddenly you know forced to be a space cop and it's just super wild super silly super stupid but really really enjoyable um it's an easy breezy watch you can probably get through all of it in about like an hour or so because the episodes are really short but it's it's really fun really silly and it's just an absolute delight
2: and it's also one of the three things by trigger that are actually good
1: (laughs) yeah promare i love promare (laughs) Now that we are done with our honorable mentions, I will read a couple of our user submissions here. I'm not going to take too long for this. I'm just going to read a couple so we can get on to our actual favorites. Um, let's see here. So and these are all going to be anonymous, because I don't have anybody's name right next to it. But I will read this one. It says, Yuri on Ice reignited my love of ice skating, as well as connected me with some new friends, and strengthened the bonds between other friends. Someone else Good also writes you. Erased, Anohana, and Fruits Basket. The characters were relatable and very well done. I loved the story. Somebody else also says The Tatami Galaxy, best slice of life and just a masterpiece. Psychopaths loved the concept and the villain and somebody says Jojo's Bizarre Adventure saved anime for me I had loved Jojo's for a long time before the series came out but the only real access I had to it was the OVA the first series began to air at a time in my life where I was beginning to mature into a professional career and fatherhood I was finding less and less time to do the things I love and was thinking of trimming down my hobbies then Jojo came out and kept me in the game wow oh. somebody writes also uh, let's see Space Dandy, the first anime I watched with my now wife. This show is not only a lot of fun to watch, with each episode having a unique art style and crazy story. Crazily enough, the first episode itself is pretty mind blowing in what it reveals about the series. Let's see here. Just gonna do one more. Anohana, it taught me it was fine to cry, it also helped me to get over a breakup well thank you so much folks and we're gonna read some more of these as soon as we get into it but let's toss it back over to tori and let's start with your first one of your actual top four so what do you got for us
2: okay um these are in no particular order and by no particular order um this was the order in which i was browsing wikipedia and was like i'm gonna take that one (laughs) (laughs) um so the first one on my list is madoka um god where do i start um okay this is gonna sound like really weird but um as i've mentioned before like i completely got out of anime until like 2009 and then i just started to like randomly get back into it and watch it and um madoka was 2011 yeah okay so not long into my actual um career of getting back into anime but um Madoka is like the first anime that actually made me care about the industry um because that is when the um, really bad tsunami hit and it got delayed like the most recent episode that was airing had gotten delayed for like two or three weeks um And people were very ungrateful online um, and that's when I started to kind of like pay more attention to the community and um, people were just like, you know, it doesn't matter, make my show, whatever, and I'm like, you're ungrateful first of all. But um, yeah, it just made me start to care more about like how things get made and that there are real people (laughs) um, being overworked and underpaid making these things um, to get them out by a deadline. Um, but other than that, I don't know, the show just, like, stuck with me so much, and I love it, but I also hate it because it kind of ruined- we can't just have a magical girl show anymore, we can't just have a cute show anymore without it going into, like, completely horrific, um, territory, but, um, I think what makes Madoka so charming and lasting is the characters, um. When you start to learn more about them and their motivations, and you slowly figure out like why they all sold their souls, essentially, um, and you know maybe QB's not the bad guy, um, and you just feel like so much pity for them in a way, because it's like you know, um, mommy just wanted friends, and uh, Sayaka was stupid, and you should never sell your soul for a boy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, Kyoko wanted her family, her father, to be successful. And, like, these are all, like, very heavily rooted in reality reasons. It's none of, like, you know, I woke up one day and wanted to be a magical girl. Um, despite the very whimsical element to it, it just feels very real. Um, and the art, I mean, um, you know, I think it was the same, was... The character design done by the same person who did Hitamari sketch. Yep. Um, So you can tell because everybody is very wide (laughs) in the face. (laughs)
5: Um,
2: But the art um, is just really incredible. That like like uh, paper theater, like puppetry, creepy. Um, I loved all the witches um, and the designs that you would see, and like all the little like. um... (sighs) It's gonna be a really weird comparison, but it's almost like Silent Hill esque. Because the little, um, like, creatures you see with the witches and stuff are, like, symbolic to why they became a witch, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, and I don't care what anybody says, but in the frickin' movie, when Homera turns into that big, giant skeleton in the stocks, I lost my mind. It was so cool. That was, like, the <laughs> coolest design I've ever seen. And, um... I don't know I I just really love Madoka and um the bait and switch of Madoka I think at that time kind of felt good because you really didn't see anything else kind of doing that sort of um but then everybody took it and ran with it and then um it all got memed to heck and back um but yeah I don't know like Madoka made such a lasting impression on me um not only because it was you know real but it was one of the first things that made me get more interested in the industry and the people behind making shows
1: i will say it is the first anime that i loved enough to import it from the united kingdom because antiplex blu-rays are too expensive
2: <laughs> Ugh,
1: yep. yeah
4: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, i also really really love madoka magica um i'm very take it or leave it on rebellion but um i really love this show for a lot of the similar reasons why i really like evangelion because it's like it's a show about like absolute utter despair but also knowing that like the bonds we make between people and our decisions to be good are like the most powerful things in the world even more powerful than a Stupid cat thing that's trying to use switches to power his planet or whatever is going on with bay. <laughs> Spoilers for a almost ten year old show. Anyway, I mean,
2: if you haven't seen it at this point, that's your fault.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely true. But yeah, Madoka is uh, extremely good. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor. I, I hesitate to use the phrase "must watch," but I really think Madoka kind of is one because, in a lot of ways, it just encapsulates the 2010s. Mm-hmm. For sure.
4: I would say it's one of the few anime that's come out this uh, this decade that's really had a mind share within the anime community because because of so much shows that we get released, a lot of shows just kind of get by the wayside and kind of get, kinda get um, flushed out of our minds, whereas um, a show like Madoka Magica uh, really has just been ingrained and then burned mm-hmm. into people's memories when, when you first watch it. Um, yeah, because
2: it's, it's kind of traumatizing in a way. Like, I think of, I think of similar shows, um, that kind of fit that same vein. Like, it's been years since I've watched Higurashi, but there's a lot of, like, traumatic things that happen in that show that I can remember, like, clear as day after all these years.
4: mm And I I would also say for me one thing that really stuck with me was is um, Austin you probably remember that who's the group name that does the music for Madoka? Oh, Calafina. Calafina. Their beautiful harmonies, um, especially during the battle sequences, Mm. Uh, really I think are are the icing on the cake with its um, kind of the weird um, art style that permeates Madoka. And for me. The reason why I kind of love the show was because, um, uh, because Kyubei was a great, um, uh, kind of a devil incarnate of manipulating all of the Madoka characters and just seeing, uh, uh, Kyubei kind of play at um, their emotions and just, you see, just like, damn it, you were so good at what you know, what you do, but I really hate you. Um, <laughs> and i and just um the per, just the kind of the dead eye of of cuban the design um kind of really uh stuck with me uh and i'll be very brief i very dislike rebellion i like mandoka magica because if you kind of ignore the movie um it's very self-contained and it has kind of an ending with a uh tinge of hope in my eyes where i feel like the movies and whatever they plan to make are kind of like, we gotta make it because this series is so, it's making us so much money, we gotta keep this gravy train rolling. And uh, it should also be stated that this was a Gennaro show. show, uh, that he, I think he was the writer uh, for Madoka, mm-hmm. and his name is frequently on shows that people uh, love throughout the decade. Um, like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Thunderbolt Fantasy, And he also was the writer for season one of Psychopaths. Anything to add, Sarah?
3: Um, I mean, I definitely feel like it's one of those shows that was, for better or worse, a game changer, right?
1: Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm.
3: propelled Magical Girl series back into the spotlight, but with the caveat of it being like, oh, but the only way it's going to get popular is if we add some kind of twist to it. Mm. Um... We must and, make them suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage <laughs> girls can't just be happy. No. No. Of that course does not. That doesn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get
1: to that. We'll get to that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was definitely the kind of show where, when it came out, I was super into it. I freaking loved it. The witch scenes are still insane to me um, and really cool, but... It's just one of those shows where like as time goes on since watching it I'm just like did it have to happen the way it happened (laughs) I don't know um so I hesitate to call it a favorite or anything but I can definitely see how it is other people's favorites uh I have no idea if the new series is good or not apparently it's based on a mobile game
1: oh no yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. isn't yes. that your
1: wheelhouse shouldn't you know
3: I feel like I <laughs> should but it's not an idle mobile game
2: so I've, oh, excuse <laughs> me I've had it on my phone for months and I cannot make it past the like opening story screen cause oh. I just get bored and close it out <laughs> 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 I'm trying so hard it keeps giving me notifications this week uh, materials half off I'm like no <laughs>
1: uh, um, alright Bill over to you, unless Tori had something you'd like to add.
2: Oh, I was just gonna say maybe eventually we'll see that fabled fourth movie.
4: No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Give go. it
2: to me. <laughs>
4: go, go, go away. The, if Genjiro <laughs> not involved, it's probably not going to be any good. <laughs> So for my first pick, I I'm cheating because, of course, I, I gotta talk about Lupin the Third. Now you're probably wondering, are you gonna talk about Woman Called Fujiko or Part Four or Part Five or the Kobake OVAs? The problem is I can't pick. It's like you asking me <laughs> to pick my favorite child. It's 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 it's, 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 it's just not. It's po- going on. It's 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 not possible. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know what? With all the wonderful Goemon and fan art I say on Twitter, I can understand why that's that's why people that's why Goemon is people's favorite child. Uh, <laughs> but I I would say like uh, for the longest time, Lupin the Third was just kind of um, really stale and was just kind of just there because it had to be there with its uh, yearly uh, TV specials that would come out every year where after a while they just started getting really humdrum and really, um, uh, just really wrote and just kind of uh, just there to fill space. And um, it wasn't until Womuko Mine that came out in, I think, winter of 2012, uh, that kind of gave uh, Lupin the Third a breath of fresh air because um, it gave it a, a more um, mature uh, perspective. Uh, it had a beautiful watercolor aesthetic. Um, it allowed the characters to kind of go back to their roots um, with the manga um, in that more gritty um, exploitation type uh, vibe to it because. Um, the one thing about Lupin is that it's been, for a while, was stuck in the mold of Castle Caliostro, uh, which I love that movie, but I I have problems with it in that they tried to copy it over and over and over again uh, for the longest period of time, whereas Fuchikomine finally said, we're going to finally break away and do something different. Um, and I just um, love Fuchikomine because... They did some interesting twists on the characters, like Zenigata, who usually is the kind of comedy goofball, is very kind of hard-lined and um, very cold, and um, more like a um, traditional uh, kind of detective. Um, whereas kind of Lupin is is actor's illustrious uh, ways, but I think the real star is the namesake Fujikamine, who just steals the show and that. She will use any means necessary to get uh, her way, whether, uh, whether that be uh, her body or someone's sexual appetite. Now I understand um, that can be kind of tiring to some people, um, and I get that, but I, I kind of viewed it as an empowering statement because she is the one in control. She's not being forced to do, um, to show off her body, She's she's the one that's manipulating the men to do her bidding, and so I uh, I think that's a... Um, that's the way I kind of interpret it. Um, and I also liked that um, each of them were really interesting standalone stories, and they continue this with um, uh, part four um, with... Uh, it's set in Italy, which is much uh, gets away from the kind of the gritty mature tone of Fujiko to to uh, more kind of in the middle. Um, it has It maintains that Great kind of watercolor aesthetic, and uh, the great thing with Part Four and Fujikamine is they keep the zaniness that is throughout the Lupin series. That um, <laughs> just like um, yeah, let's see uh, Lupin go against a cyborg uh, kind of MI six agent. That's totally not James Bond. <laughs> or in Fujikamine, let's have a total seventies exploitation episode where uh, Fuchiko is in a uh, school where she is a teacher or let's have one where they're and a uh, This dealing with this cult with these weird uh, drug that's able to uh, hypnotize people on a on a oil barge So uh, it can kind of go all over the place and that's kind of why I love Lupin It's just um, it can shift into any tone and it can kind of go anywhere, story was, uh, And finally wrapping it up would be part five, which I think is a great kind of homage because they do these great kind of callback episodes to previous series. And I would say um, Fuchikamine is kind of what got me back into anime, because um, it was the first uh, simulcast that I ever watched when that was a new thing. And uh, it just kind of led me down this rabbit hole of um, the Lupin franchise. And I've never uh, looked back since. Oh, and I also should mention that Fuchika is directed by the great Sai Yamamoto, who also directed Niko and Hachin, and the Yuri on Ice franchise. I I know I've gotten Austin into it. I don't know uh, how much of Lupin uh, Tori you have seen, or uh, you have, what you have seen of Lupin Sarah.
2: Um, I've mostly watched movies. I haven't really watched any. I mean, I've watched like four episodes of Fujiko Mine, and uh, yeah, mostly everything I've watched is movies. But I've enjoyed
3: what I've seen.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Sarah?
3: I haven't touched it yet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You know through your door. You, what are you doing you, you, <laughs> you know what it's 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 fine uh everyone y- you have the wonderful world of idols that you opened up no up listen me too, so. no
3: listen <laughs> i like mysteries as much as the next person one day <laughs> one day i literally swear <laughs> I, I
4: i would say um if you're not if if the kind of nudity of fujiko and the more kind of exploitation-y tone of a uh, Woman Called Future Committee is not your style. I would totally recommend either part four or part five. Uh, they're a lot more uh, welcoming, I would say to a certain degree.
1: Uh, and you can't go wrong with Castle of Cagliostro, especially since it's on Netflix. That's, hey. That
4: that too. Uh, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> I, but I would just say um, that Lupin is not just Cascagliostro and that this is probably the best decade Lupin's ever had because we've had so much uh, stuff come out with discotheque releases and TMS has been putting the latest TV specials to to rent or to buy on Amazon uh, digitally and on iTunes so uh, whereas before it was a real struggle uh, it seems like the Lupin franchise has just like exploded open uh, this
2: decade. hmm I'm really excited to watch the Goemon movie.
4: Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that, um, because I think Austin owns it. That, he does. Uh, mm-hmm. He will, <laughs> well, not the Goemon movie, uh, Woman we and, uh, get you through the rest, rest of that series, because I, I'd, I'd like to hear your take on it. And, well, yeah. Um, and, it, and I will, uh, one day get Sarah t- to watch, uh a lupin thing
1: Sarah, what's up for you?
3: Um, the first one I kind of wanted to talk about was Land of the Lustrous. Um, it's about a bunch of immortal gems who have sentience and anthropomorphic bodies and uh, some kind of gender or no gender. Hey, um, and. They fight off things from the moon, and it's really neat, and the main thing about it that I think makes it integral as a part of this decade in anime is the fact that it's pretty much all CG. That's like kind of the big standout of it, is that it was the first series that came out that was a CG series that people weren't like... Like some people had biased against it because of that understandably given how certain other series look sometimes trying to force 3d cg and 2d animation into the same space without really trying to make that work um but like as a full cg show it looked amazing people actually liked it (laughs) like it sort of changed the game uh in a similar way that Madoka changed the game and that like it's a blessing and a curse because now there's a lot of things that are doing more and more and more CG and it's really cool and there's things you can do with it that you can't necessarily do with 2D but then also there are certain 2D things that are kind of like starting to fade away because they're more time consuming and more expensive and all of that. So. Uh, That's my first D.
4: The CG in Land of the Lustrous is is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 one of the very few CG uh, in anime that I would say looks really good and is a marvel to look at, where it blends really well uh, with movement and uh, just the look of the show. Uh, and I I would totally agree with you on the CG front. Uh, Yeah, this is
1: one of those shows that I, the Tori and I watched a lot of, but never actually finished, Mm. but I loved every single moment of it because it was so unique and the world was really interesting and all of the characters were like, they had great chemistry together and um, it just had a lot to, a lot to chew on, I guess. And it was very unlike anything else, both visually and sort of in the way that it tells its story and in its concept. So I really definitely plan to revisit this at some point mm-hmm. in the future.
2: Um, and it also was a huge influence on Into the spider verse, apparently. <laughs> Ooh, I've heard that as well. That. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was watching some like, uh, cause you know, they had like a billion different artists that worked on that movie, but, um, quite a few of them were like, yeah, I saw this and it inspired me to like, try to bring that same aesthetic into this movie. And I, I was like, that's weird because like I consider this a show that may or may not be niche so like Mm -hmm. to see like animators on such a large like like that was one of the biggest movies of 2018 when that came out and most of 2019 um to have them pull influence from something like that's like really crazy so hopefully it got people to watch it
1: (laughs) I mean, I think we can all agree that the real best anime of the decade is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
2: Mm-hmm. Valid.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Land of the Lustrous is really good. I really hope to revisit it at some point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so for me, I guess I'm up. Uh, my top pick is going to be no surprise to anyone who knows me, and that would be Little Witch Academia. I absolutely fell in love with this franchise and this world and these characters from the very first time that I saw the original like 30 minute um, short that they made for the new Young Animator Training Project back in 2013. I probably watched it around maybe two or so years ago after it originally came out. So if I had to think about an anime that really defines the entire decade for me, it would probably be Little Witch, because it has been something that I've loved for many years. And it stuck around, and I still think about it like. At least once a day mm-hmm. Probably because I use the line stickers And Akko always uh, lives in our in my line chat And in my heart <laughs> She is my precious, goofy, stupid Hard-working, incredible little daughter And I am so glad that Little Witch Academia exists It is way better than Harry Potter Even before we found out J.K. Rowling was the worst um, <laughs> And it is uh, just just a wonderful delight of a show and um yeah I just love it it's awesome it's Mm -hmm. great go watch it it's very very good and I really want to own it um I was able to pick up a blu-ray copy of the original short and the movie that was released uh only in Japan but it has English subtitles on it so I'm proud to own that but I really want that series on a blu-ray box set because I would like to be able to watch it anytime and not have to worry about Netflix
4: and also if you if if you want to hear more thoughts about it uh we did a we did an episode on it so Mm -hmm, yeah it's true
3: y'all probably know more about this than i do so i'll just ask was that the sort of thing where the like movie slash second movie ova whatever came out and then they were pretty popular more so in the west and then they decided to make the tv show or was it also pretty popular in I'm not.
1: I'm not really. I'm not really sure how okay. it broke down in terms of like fandoms and like mm-hmm. where they were centralized. But I will say that the original short kind of took off in like the people that pay attention to like upcoming creators, like the mm-hmm. sort of the Sakuga scene, mm-hmm. um, and it was really popular there. And plus, it's just like it's a very populist sort of anime. Like it's very broadly appealing. Mm-hmm. So it it very much makes sense that like anybody that you sit down to watch Little Witch Academia will like it. Um, It's something that I showed multiple times in multiple different like anime club settings and literally everyone loved it. Like Mm. that original short, everyone loved it. So I think it's just one of those things that carried through with a lot of word of mouth from its initial buzz. Mm -hmm. And then there was a very successful international Kickstarter for the movie. And then I think after that, sort of by the time uh, the TV show rolled around, like Studio Trigger was um, they already had like Kill a Kill underneath their belt and they had more sort of weight to move around when it came to snagging like TV anime so it probably was not very difficult for them to decide to green light a Little Witch Academia TV show because Mm. of the popularity of the Kickstarter and they were already established by that point so sort of one thing led to another and yeah, that, that's how I would characterize it. But I don't really know how the fandoms break down, but it just seems sort of universally popular for, for people that have watched it.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of like, it's kind of one of those gateway animes, like Attack on Titan, but it's a little bit more promising. <laughs> I yeah, would I, say that, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and it's a little bit more easier to watch because, like, Little Witch Academia is definitely something for everybody, whereas mm-hmm. Attack on Titan, like, I wouldn't show, like, a little kid that. But like, if you're, you know, four years old, you can probably enjoy Little Witch Academia mm. because it's just like fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also, an all it's got... ages show. Yeah, it's really a family thing. Whereas uh, Titan is more of like a teens and adults. It's a little thing, bit
3: more but... gore in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little
1: bit. <laughs> just a little, um, just a yeah, ta- uh Little Witch Academia says workers rights. So let's, <laughs> it's Down a, it's with the bourgeoisie. Show. Yeah, <laughs> unionized kids. <laughs> So that's all for me in terms of the first round. That's all of us in terms of the first round. So I'm going to read a few more testimonials here that we got. So we got here um, Wolf Children, Boy and the Beast, and Your Name. My mom and I connected with these this year. Somebody writes in. Uh, Someone also writes... Uh, Kuroko No Basket I write this one briefly just to say That even as the most Non-sports fan A show about (laughs) basketball has the most hype ever And has opened a whole new genre of sports anime Valid Alright, somebody here is talking about Dr. Stone And they say The 2010s were full of amazing anime Thanks to advancements with animation Dr. Stone gives us a fun yet passionately Educational story that I have never seen To this extent in another anime see Girls Last Tour's solemn fascination with the beauty of transience ripped me right open and spoke to my very soul oh my
3: god
2: sorry <laughs> what <laughs> show you cut out
1: Girls Last Tour
2: Interesting
1: I like that Curling up under a warm blanket and being enveloped by the atmosphere Is an almost meditative experience Episode 5 in particular Is a top contender for my single My favorite single episode of the decade The raindrop scene is simply unmatched Wow that's some high praise For Girls Last Tour Are you I, I... okay friend? <laughs> well I mean yeah. like that show's pretty solid I mean I need yeah. to watch more of it But uh yeah you, it's, it's pretty good
4: Isn't that the girls with the tanks? Show? Mm. Yes.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody writes here. Mostly every anime I've watched was from the 2010s and onwards. So every anime to me is from the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. Oh, They're funny. all in there. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Here's one quick one. Death Parade with which has great history, great character development, and pace. I'm not really sure what they mean about history. I don't really remember too much history in Death Parade, but anyway, uh, let's go back. To Tori, what is mm-hmm. your next one on the list?
2: Um, so I want to take a whole five minutes and talk about Dorabara. <laughs> So, the original series, I have a lot of like emotional attachment to, for better or worse, because that was the first time that I um, started to really engage in a fandom. Um, And I met a lot of people through that series, most of them I don't talk to anymore, but um, just like. I remember us getting in, like, group calls and, like, waiting for people's, like, translations of the novels to pop up so we could all read them together and um, stuff like that. But the the anime is just good. It's fun and it's got that element of, like, seriousness to it, um, but also, like, it's goofy at the same time. Um, Just, I mean... What human being can throw a vending machine like
3: (laughs) (laughs) the best kind? (laughs) The best kind.
2: (laughs) Um, But it's one of those fun type of stories where like everything is so multi layered and like ingrained. It can get really confusing at the same time, Um, and that's why I kind of want to go back and rewatch it and like check out the um, newer sequels. Well, they're not newer because they're how old at this point, but. the novels and things, um, all got localized here, I believe. I think they finished, um, putting them out, but, um, seeing how that translated into the anime, I think, went very well. Um, I mean, there's only so much they could do in, like, uh, animation versus, like, the personality, um, and all the depth that you can do through words, but, yeah, I don't know, it's fun. It's one of those series that's just, like, if you have not seen it, you should definitely watch it. Um, but it is also kind of a product of its time, if that makes sense.
1: I really like Darabara as well. Like, all of the characters are super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really do mean, like, all of them. <laughs> Literally all like, of them. <laughs> yeah, like, No all one of the, is normal. <laughs> yeah, like, all of the three main kids have super wild nonsense going on. Like, Shizuo, Isaiah, Celty. Like, everybody has just this... Yeah. Wild world that they're all Strangely connected through and I think that's The great thing about Darabara And even Baccano going back To that is that Just to see these stories Sort of you know See how these people's lives Are weaved together mm-hmm. um, Is just so Fascinating to see so it's Really really interesting
3: okay, wait. Pull. Who Has ever been a part of like Do you remember those fake dollars websites that were just, like, forums or just chat rooms? (laughs) Who was a part? Raise your hand. Me. Yes.
2: God, I was in so many (laughs) of those.
1: I I wasn't a part of one, but I knew about them. Did
2: you roleplay in them? That is the most (laughs) important question.
3: (laughs) But if you did, I don't judge you.
2: (laughs) I will neither confirm nor
3: deny. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. that was so cool. That was so fun. That show. Mm Mm-hmm. It was very
2: like I I don't know if the show really still has like a strong fandom. Like I know there was a pretty active like um Tumblr community and like I cosplayed from it and then like I was able to meet like more people mm-hmm. through that as well. But like I don't really see people talking about yeah. it as much now. I feel like it's, it's really definitely quieted like gotten coded older reason.
3: by now so then it's like mm-hmm.
4: but yeah. All right, Bill, over to you. Okay. Um, well, my show is from, uh, winter of 2016. Uh, it is a show called Erased, or that's the English title. I don't want to pronounce the Japanese one, because I would probably butcher it, and it's very long. Uh, but the reason why I liked Erased was, I think it's the best use of, uh, time travel in terms of stories that have came out, uh, this decade, like we had Steinsgate, Um, which I know people like, I have, I have some issues with, and, uh, there's some other things I'm probably forgetting, but the reason why I liked Erased was because it was wrapped around a good old-fashioned mystery of this guy who's, like, in his 20s, um, gets, uh, time, gets to basically relive his childhood where he has to figure out, um, this classmate of his, this girl got murdered in his original timeline and he is to figure out like why was I sent back uh, to my childhood and uh, how is it connected to this girl and can I figure out what happened and it was just a real thrilling uh, mystery that you just didn't know uh, who to trust and whether he was gonna be able to maintain his identity and why this was happening to him and I think uh, it was just really uh, good writing it was I think um, one of the very few uh, anime that wasn't a long-running franchise it wasn't uh, tied to a manga I think there was probably a light novel Um, but it it told a, a a story in just one season which I think uh, was nice. I because um, most things they either want to milk it and keep it going uh, like Madoka, uh, but this th- they it was a it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and I really liked the uh, mystery aspect of a race when it aired, and it kept you on it kept it on the edge of your seat.
1: Yep, that was uh, definitely something that back then I was watching every week. Um... I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I remember being a little bit disappointed by the ending, how everything sort of wraps up, but it was a fun ride. I thought.
4: Yeah, I wish I wish it was kind of more remembered, but I think um, just with the glut of stuff that's come out, and also because it's a, I think this was also an Anaplex show, uh, mm. and Anaplex st- shows get kind of stuck behind their secret mm. wall. Uh, it was popular when it was airing, but it, it's kind of been forgotten about as time has gone on.
2: I know I watched it, but I don't remember a lot about it, but I remember being very emotionally invested in it, and I'm glad mm-hmm. that it, like, all <laughs> turned out okay.
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, because I, I think that's the thing, is uh, they, it kept you invested with uh, these char- with the characters, and you get to see their relationship grow as uh, friends, and of course, there is a Karu, like, Kid who is has gray hair and is, is wiser beyond his years. Oh, <laughs> <Always>. uh, <laughs> okay,
2: now all right.
4: <laughs> that, that, that's an anime trope. I'm telling you, it's it real. Is. I was born to meet you yep. He's gonna lose his head.
2: It,
4: exactly, you got that right. uh So uh yeah, I'm just rambling here, but I I think just like it was a great uh, mystery that I wish there were more uh animes like that because the mystery genre or or, a murder mystery isn't really all that common if you take like detective conan yeah
3: it's like conan's got (laughs) the monopoly and they're like we'll just we'll do something else
1: All right, Sarah, serving it up to you.
3: Next. Let's see. What is next for me? March comes in like a lion. It's a lot, honestly. It's a heavy show, but not, like, in a bad way, because it's... Anyway, okay, it's about a 17-year-old shogi player named Ray, and he moves, you know, to the city, kind of? I guess but he moves um, into an apartment on his own at the ripe young age of a little young to be living on your own and that's kind of concerning and then you learn more about that situation Um, and he essentially (laughs) kind of through his struggles in a way uh, befriends this family that's like these three sisters and their grandpa and um, the whole series kind of focuses on like his anxieties and struggles of being like a young genius shogi player and i watched two seasons of the show and i still know nothing about shogi um <laughs> 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 like they try to explain it to you in this very simple way so many different times they have these cute little cats that are like Nope, still can't grasp it. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not about the show. Game. <laughs> um, the second season it's especially, about the friends
1: we made along the way.
3: literally, yes, yes actually. <laughs> <laughs> but the second season especially focuses on the middle sister who's like um older middle school, younger high school kind of age, and is like dealing with all of those kind of problems and comparing that to like. Ray's whole adolescence and how different yet similar those are that whole foil of that throughout the series is really interesting to me um also it's just really gorgeous and cool and it has this kind of like I don't want to say like pastel or like colored pencil looking kind of palette but it's definitely just softer in a way except for when it's not but yeah as per usual it's pretty show There's lots of emotional stuff in it. So I like it, (laughs) Um, but yeah,
1: thought this is a show that I somehow like almost completely missed and it just is really popular among a certain like group of fans. Like it has a very loyal fan base and it showed up a couple of times on our survey. And I'm just like, man, I did not realize that the show like sort of had the reach that it does because for somehow it just was totally lost on me. And that's mostly probably a me thing.
2: Well, we did watch the first episode of it like mm-hmm. a while back ago, and I was really um, yeah. taken in by it, and I was wanting to see where it went, and I have not mm-hmm. touched it since, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: yeah, we, we watched the first, probably... I think two or three episodes and it was it's very good it's I, I it's definitely something I really want to watch but it just kind of shocks me how how like I missed it until like this mm-hmm. year it's really strange yeah.
3: I feel like whenever I get around to watching that one like show a Rakugo show that's how I'm going to feel I'm going to be like why did it take yeah. me so long because mm-hmm. everybody me that's too. seen it loves it but I also just haven't gotten around to watching it yep it's um,
1: kind of me with Haikyuu right now
3: That's fair. You're about to have a whole other season to have to, like, rack on to that, too.
1: Woohoo! I'll watch it in 2025. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Sarah, that moves it over to who? Me? You! To, To To you! Me. Okay. Nice. Okay. So, my next one, I'm going to try and be brief about because we talked about it at length last year in our best of the year podcast but the next one I want to talk about is Zombieland Saga which is a show from last year that I loved so very much because it combines two things that I am uh, interested in when they are combined together Uh, separately they are uh, only slightly fascinating to me, but the fact that they were together in this show uh, made me very, very curious. And of course, that is idols and zombies together. <laughs> um, but what is really fascinating about this show is not the gimmick of the of there being a uh, group of idols uh, made up of undead girls, uh, even though that is a wonderful gimmick in of itself. Really, this show has a ridiculous amount of heart in it like every single one of the characters much like in uh, little witch academia are extremely wonderful well-rounded real characters and the comedy in it is so on point it has some wonderful comedic writing um the manager character is absolutely off the wall unforgettable so good (laughs) he's just wonderful and uh just every episode is an absolute delight and there are even some episodes that will really tear your heart out later on towards the end of the show when you learn a little bit more about our main character specifically but yeah Zombieland Saga I did not expect to end up being like an absolute favorite but it really truly is like I think I expected to enjoy it but I did not realize that it was going to be like one of my favorite anime of the last decade Uh, Mm -hmm. So I love it, cannot wait for season two Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Can I just say this show also goes into my book And I did not expect it at all Of shows (laughs) that handle gender identity issues very well And do not play them off as a joke
1: Nope, (laughs) absolutely That is a wonderful miniature arc in the show And it's handled very sensitively For it to be a uh,
2: comedy anime, absolutely
1: yes absolutely it's pretty major major hats off to that show for for that specifically and for basically everything because it's a very a very emotionally intelligent series <laughs> right so let's read some more testimonials here we got another one here so we've got somebody whose favorites that they wrote in were hunter hunter mob psycho 100 and uh, san gatsu no lion which is march comes in like a lion they're all very different from each other but on an emotional level these three hit the hardest with wonderful characters and the stories kept me on edge on the edge of my seat from start to finish Uh, We've got somebody else here Okay, so uh, A silent voice, March comes in like a lion again And Jojo's Bizarre Adventure again (coughs) Uh, A silent voice and March Related to me a lot on an emotional level Since I experienced bullying and depression Throughout my life Jojo means a lot to me That it can make shounen not expected And has manly men being feminine I love how fluid the characters are In the later Jojo parts Let's see Here we go the Ancient Magus Bride, which is a beautiful anime and amazing world, great character development and a beautiful anime. They said that twice. <laughs> uh, somebody just writes... They just want you to know.
4: <laughs> yeah. I want to reiterate somebody...
1: it. <laughs> somebody also writes uh, Steins Gate, Psycho Fate Zero. And somebody also writes Fate Zero, Bunny Girl Senpai, and Hunter Hunter. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well. So th- that'll be the one... To end it on, and let's go back over to Tori. So, what's your next mm-hmm. one?
2: Sorry, I was drinking. Anyway, um, I'm going to talk about Mob Psycho. Yes! I... <laughs> I should have saved this one for last, but I'm going to have a whole soapbox about the last show I talked about, so maybe it's for the best. Um Anyway, so, Mob Psycho, I hold this show very near and dear my heart. It gave me just a lot of emotional fulfillment. I'm a very emotionally based person if you haven't gathered this in how many episodes now. I don't care if something's not good. If it made me feel good I love it. But the show is good and made me feel good so mm. deadly combo. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. All the characters are fantastic. Um, it's better than one punch man. I'm not sorry for saying that. <laughs> That's, again,
1: not not a very unpopular opinion.
2: (laughs) Well, everybody was so into that, and then it just kind of, like, went off the rails story-wise, and the gimmick got tired, and, you know, like, the... There is a bit of gimmicky to mob, but, like, it's not ever... It doesn't overstay its welcome, if that makes sense.
4: It's not the crux of the show.
2: Exactly right. It's not like, I'm gonna punch this one bad guy and we're done. Anyway, (laughs) anyway. Um, it just, the, the message of the show being, like, you know, even if you do something bad, you still have the potential to, like, be a good person and get better and, like, grow and help people and be good. And obviously, of course, there's some things you just don't forgive people for, but, like, for petty trespasses, (laughs) um, you know, everybody can be good if they try and Mm. mob like seeing mob go from like this kid that like nobody notices to him getting more like confident in himself and getting more friends and people being so supportive of him like when he joins the um the fitness club they never make fun of him for being weak they're just like we will train you come on like you're doing great um and it's just like it's so good it just It's so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i know it's mostly season one but season two i feel like gets even better and there's a lot of um points in that show where i was like i'm sad can we do something good now (laughs) um but i mean it it stayed just as strong in the second season and if you haven't watched it or you're kind of on the fence about it like just do it it's so good and if you really need a laugh go read the manga because it's rough (laughs) Mm. the art the art
1: (laughs) yeah i i also adore mob psycho it's incredibly incredibly good it's something that i will probably watch over again uh which is not too uncommon for me but it's not Mm -hmm. common i'd say um but, uh, yeah, just like, especially the relationship between Mob and Regan, for sure, and just watching them sort of unfold, and how Regan is like a terrible person, but he's also like got a good heart at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a very complicated character that I love to see sort of unfold. Like, how, like, where is Regan going to go in this episode, sort of thing?
2: Yeah. Uh, um, Twitter going off about him towards the end of last year to the point that it, like, one saw it and was just like, "I don't understand what you people are doing. What is this?"
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I can't and won't speak to that, but um, I uh, <laughs> I really like Reagan. He's he's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Dimple as well. <laughs> like, just this the show has a wonderful cast, I think. But on the flip side, I think one of its like weaknesses is that there are so many ancillary characters that it makes it kind of hard to follow sometimes, but the main characters are extremely strong. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think it's just a a one thing probably because One Punch Man has this too, where there's just a massive cast of characters. I think he just likes drawing cool characters. And you know what, (laughs) my hat's off to him for that.
3: The second season especially is so, so, so good. The first season's good. The second season's like great. And has so mm-hmm. much to say about just, like, compassion and empathy and the limits mm-hmm. of that, almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, ugh, I don't know. It's just yeah, eight. I think, I think the,
2: him learning in season two how to, like, like, what you said, it's just, like, you know, you're, you can be there for people, you can help people, but you don't sacrifice, like, your well-being at the end of the day, and I think that's a very, like good message <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's great that mob sort of understands that like he sort of has this inherent understanding that of the you know the old adage about uh how hurt people hurt people yes and he really has a level of emotional te- intelligence because he's been there so he mm-hmm. really knows how to approach you know quote-unquote villains by trying to go at their you know what what makes them mean like what what caused them to be bad people and trying to help them figure that out and realizing that it doesn't always work but it's worth trying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would like to do an episode about mob psycho just solo because oh there's so my much so much so much to say about it. I feel uh, like we could easily do an
4: episode. Anyway, uh-huh. tossing it back over to Bill. What you got for us? Um I'm going to be talking about Idol Master, or the Idol Master, yes. depending on how Crunchyroll s- talks about it. Uh, the Idol uh, Master. Yeah, the way Crunchyroll. An at. The yes, with the at sign. <laughs> <laughs> this show came out in summer 2011. Uh, the reason why I saw this show is because my roommate Michael has, uh, was a huge Idolmaster fan. He's uh, imported all the OG Idolmaster console games, and he got me into the franchise. And uh, it kind of opened my eyes to idols because before I'd never really heard the concept or any anything like that. Um, and the, and. Nothing has really come close to um, my first experience with Idolmaster. The closest being Zombieland Saga, but everything else has been, I just I either was uh, didn't care for it or I just uh, just didn't like it. And I think the reason why I love Idolmaster so much is one, it's a small group. There's only like twelve of them or like ten compared to most uh, Idol groups that are like a battalion. That could lead uh, a charge into a military f- battlefield uh, <laughs> to uh, the pacing is great in that uh, you get they have uh, individual episodes uh, for you to meet uh, individual idols so you get to meet their personality and get to know them so unlike other shows where I feel like they're just trying to treat it more like a tournament arc uh, where they're just trying to uh, face the next bad guy and Uh, rank up as the uh, idol, as the best idol group ever, whereas this show kind of takes its time and you see them progress and you get to kind of know them uh, individually. Uh, Also, I would I love this show because uh, this is before CGI became really prominent, so they actually use 2D animation uh, briefly during the dance sequences, or they do really gorgeous uh, stills uh, of of uh, the idol singing, uh, which I prefer over CG animation because I feel that's kind of jarring going from 2D to uh, to 3D. Uh, also the show gets pretty uh, ridiculous in terms of plot with individual episodes. <laughs> like they do a uh, murder mystery plot. Uh, mm-hmm. They do a, a great parody of like mecha fights that's uh i think on the level of of grand logan at times uh <laughs> they they do a great uh, episode where they host a kind of variety show uh that's really fun plus they have a yakuza level rival uh, s- uh who runs like rival group that he he sounds like a yakuza wants to destroy them for some reason uh that gets pretty fun in just his antics of trying to uh disrupt uh the idol uh the 765 Pro Idols to Rise. And he he's just really fun. Uh and I I'm a little sad that this show came out when mm. it did, because this was before streaming really took off and simulcasting really took off and this show never really gained the traction that the later Idolmaster franchises did, like Cinderella Girls uh or uh, uh even million live to a certain extent um where they did get a movie which is pretty <laughs> which is pretty okay but um just i think it missed the boat whereas uh or it was a little ahead of its time whereas something like love live and love Live sunshine uh came in at the right time um uh, and i just i really uh i really love the uh each idol uh my personal favorite being Azusa because her wedding episode's really ridiculous, um, and I uh, this this is the one Idol Show that I think uh, I have uh, has never been topped for me yet, and I uh, I don't know if anything will. Maybe Matt Gross, but I don't know.
3: Idolmaster blew my freaking mind when I first saw it which sounds really dumb, but hold on, wait. Uh, <laughs> no, it, I agree with you.
4: It <laughs> blew my mind when I watched it.
3: The way that the first episode introduced everybody, including the, like, main producer character, was really different to me. I'd never seen anything like that. And then also the um, episode with Asusa and Makoto, like, running around. Makoto doing,
4: like... like, karate moves and going all kung fu. Yeah. And, uh...
3: Yeah, 100%, like, kung fu movie into, like, romance movie into, like...
1: (sighs) It was great. Uh... Um,
3: but it just did so many things that weren't necessarily, like, oh, we gotta be idols, oh, here we go. Like, I think that's part of the reason, too, why so many people like Zombieland Saga, because it's not, like, oh, it's all about this one idol thing. Like, no. It's about these people trying to, like, get over past traumas with their siblings or, like, (laughs) run around in a wedding dress for no (laughs) reason. Just because. Or do
1: a chicken commercial.
3: Yeah, or do a chicken... Literally, okay, I would definitely say the chicken commercial episode of Zombieland Saga (laughs) is, like, probably... The great great grandchild of the Azusa wedding dress <laughs> episode. Like <laughs> if you like, if you like that, there. definitely just watch. Yeah. That. God. Um, and Idolmaster too. Again, like you said, there's Cinderella girls. There's Side M. There's all these other things that have branched off from it. Um, of course, it originated from like a video game, but the animes are also like there and are doing their own things and yeah I don't know I don't... it's just there's so much of it and it's all like really good versus I, I mean okay here's the problem with Idolmaster though is that the episodicness of like each episode we look at this character each episode we look at this unit like by the time you get to side M and you're going through that for the third time you're like bro I don't know if I
2: yeah.
4: care <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and I would also say that less is more in that when those yeah. when, like Cinderella girls came on the scene and side him, and just the how big each uh, unit is, and just how over encompassing just the general group is, it's overwhelming. Whereas uh, OG <laughs> Idolmaster is more small, more contained, and they allowed uh, in the anime for you to kind of get to know them uh, through their personality and their quirks, and then not just we're off to go save the school from closing or we're we're off to rise up the ranks to become idols like there there's more to them than that
3: i mean love lives also like this monolith of an idol <laughs> series from this decade yeah. right Sarah, go. Oh, I just talked so much about Idol Master. Wait. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi. No. Uh, my next show is called The Eccentric Family, or uh, I don't want to. <laughs> it's don't been hurt, a couple don't, years don't since I yourself. took a Japanese class. Uh, so, The Eccentric Family is about a family of tanukis and um, a bunch of humans and a couple Tengus who maybe want to eat them, kinda? Um, and it's centered around, um, this young male Tanuki and his fascination with this human turned Tengu, um, it, older maybe, we don't really know any of the Tanuki's ages cause they're like <laughs> mythical beings and whatnot. <laughs> um. But yeah, she wants to eat him and he's like, okay, but what if we just it though? Um, it's a lot of like, it's this weird balance of comedy and drama, it's literally like a dramedy, like in the most realist sense of like, you go from, oh my God, haha, that was so funny. You're like, oh, that's a problem in like two seconds. Um,
1: I've heard this show described as something that's really hard to describe.
3: Yes, hundred and ten. Like it gets like weird, but like funny weird, not like awkward weird. I don't know.
1: This is from um, the same author that made uh, the night is short walk on girl and the tatami galaxy and like penguin highway, if I recall correctly.
3: I think. I think.
1: Yeah, I and think. His, I'm pretty sure it's Tomohiko Morimi and his stuff. And I haven't seen the ex- the eccentric family, but knowing knowing what I know about that other stuff, it's. It can it can be hard to describe because it's very like the brilliance comes in how weird it is and like the 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 quirky dialogue and characters i guess yeah yeah
3: for sure it definitely has its own pace of like everything mm-hmm. um but i definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it or if you've only become an anime fan recently i've never heard of it or if you just want to go back and rewatch it because I'm talking about it right now, totally Is understand. it streaming anywhere? Um, I,
1: I think it's on Crunchyroll, I, I believe. Yeah, I
3: want to say both seasons are still on Crunchyroll. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Do not watch it because their ears look weird.
3: Stop. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just really good. And then it's got some good, like, Japanese folklore stuff, like, you know, swirled into it. Or, you know, dumped like a gallon of paint on top of it. Uh, as you As you do. <laughs> as you do mm-hmm. um, it's one of my personal favorites that I also do not hesitate to recommend to literally anybody.
1: All right. Well, my next one here is one that I think was kind of something that confused people when it came out um ended up disappointing people in some ways but really impressed me because i was uh, willing to embrace what it was trying to do and that is space dandy A lot of people thought that Space Dandy was going to be, like, a weird disco sequel to Cowboy (laughs) Bebop. And it it kind of is that, but it is very much not that. Um, Space Dandy is a show that I believe was co-produced between Studio Bones and Funimation. And I believe maybe Adult Swim had something to do with it as well. Um, it's pretty notable from an industry point of view because I think it's it's one of the, ma- the first major examples of an anime TV series coming out in English on television before it came out in Japan in Japanese. Uh, so that's very, very interesting. Remember it those
2: a- live action promos they did?
1: I do. I love those <laughs> I promos. They're so good. Uh, if you want to see the voice of Space oh, Dandy, yeah, Ian did. Sinclair, uh, dressed as Dandy, doing silly things, go check out some of the Funimation promos for Space Dandy up on up on their YouTube channel. But um, Space Dandy has a similar setup to Cowboy Bebop in the sense that it follows like a group of kind of uh, lovable idiots on a uh, spaceship going throughout the cosmos Uh, catching aliens, they're like alien hunters, but they're really bad at it they're way more incompetent than the Bebop crew, because the Bebop crew are actually smart, they just are very unlucky, uh, the Dandy crew, or excuse me, the Aloha (laughs) Oi crew, are just all a bunch of clowns essentially, except for QT who is the best um, and but, and that's sort of the framework of the show and uh But really the show ends up being much more of like an animator's playground Because uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, the director of Cowboy Bebop And the director of Space Dandy Was really more of like a creative director on this show Where he like came up with the initial idea And the concept and sort of the vision for the project But when it came to its actual like episode by episode execution He was basically like, okay I want to get in really creative young talent that may not get the money to do really cool things and i want to bring in like some people that i know that are like wild auteur directors or writers or whatever and just let them do what they do and go nuts Uh, so basically every episode of space dandy is unique from the other there are some that are connected but they're mostly disconnected like single stories and some of them are like really sweet and heartwarming other ones are like really stupid and lame and some of them are like just wild out there visual treats oh. so there is a ton to like in Space Dandy um you might not like every episode i i can't say that i even like every single episode but it's a really good show and i would not recommend people to miss it if they are fans of anime as a artistic medium
2: mm-hmm. and it's an anthology and never is a complete anthology good
1: <laughs> that's true most of the time it's really hard to get an anthology where everything is like
4: a knockout hit uh i'm ashamed i have not watched it but i w- i should be watching it soon because i hope to do a panel on anthology uh, anime well
1: uh masaki yuasa did an episode so you at least have to watch that one
4: uh yeah this i'll probably be i'll probably watch the whole series just for completeness sake
1: (laughs) as you should because it is it is good it is good all right so almost the pen i think the penultimate round of listener and submitter testimonies here uh so we've got the first mention of this series love chinibio and other delusions after watching Toradora, I didn't think I'd ever find a comparable anime. And while Toradora is still the gold standard for a romance anime, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Chunibyo has its own unique charm. Rika and Yuta have fantastic chemistry, and I love how their personalities complement one another. I particularly love the overall message of the series, which seems to be that you shouldn't have to change who you are so that others will accept you. And that sometimes it's okay to hold on To the imagination of your youth
2: You come into my house And my home
1: (laughs) Through the balcony
2: (laughs) Anyway go ahead Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Somebody says Sailor Moon Crystal Sailor Moon is my all time favorite anime And to have something new come out was so special to me Mm. Someone says Let's see Mob Psycho 100 Just just a great message And deep while having killer animation
2: That's a friend
1: (laughs) Yes that is a friend Okay somebody says Promare but essentially took (laughs) The um, I think I might know who this is Uh, They said Promare But they used the Chronicles of Riddick is Coffee that Tobias?
2: Pasta. <laughs> actually, you didn't even have to finish that I, sentence.
1: Actually, I do not think it's Tobias because it's attached to um, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure post and I know Tobias is that's not That is uh yet that's his
2: throwaway JoJo's. account.
3: It's his burner.
2: Oh, I'm sure, yeah. He's a <laughs> <his> secret <burner. laughs> <and> massive <laughs>
1: secret massive JoJo fan, just so we can make this Promare joke, but yeah, yeah. every morning I wake up and open palm, slam a VHS <laughs> into the slot, it's Promare <laughs> Oh my and you get god, the idea. a
2: hero braver a hero. than any US marine
1: Absolutely, yeah. and this person also always says, Kaguya-sama because he is a sucker for romantic comedies what can uh, I say? That Toradora came. Nozaki-kun, and now Kaguya-sama oh, my heart is burning strong
4: uh, I'll be, I? Pr- be brief, Love is War is really funny, uh, go yep.
3: Nozaki, oh, 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 I should put that in my honorable yes, mention. good. Dang it.
4: It's fine. <laughs> no, no changes.
1: mention All right. it honorably Tori. now.
2: <laughs> it is done.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, Tori, round us okay. out with the beginning of our final round.
2: All right, I'm gonna drop this one on ya. Uh Bloom into you. Jeff Goldbloom into
4: you. <laughs> wow. Alright, moving so on, tired. Bill. Okay. Coming, <laughs> we're coming to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> and
2: scene. Oh <laughs> my god. Uh, and scene, we're done. Um, okay, so Bloom Into You. Um, I went into this with extremely low expectations because as I was like the fifth time I've said this, I expect anything to have to do with any LGBT material in anime to either be fetishy uh a joke uh (laughs) and just not good like like it's um gosh almost like forced diversity i guess like i'd rather you just write good characters and not make that their like point like that, that they're more than that you know what i mean so i was very very taken aback by the show um it does get a little like it just teeters ever so slightly on the edge of queer baiting but they like bring it back and it's like good it hits just right um but the two main girls are really fantastic their characters have a lot of depth they go through the struggle of like i don't understand why i feel this way but like it's okay to feel this way um they even touch on some other like orientations that I've also never really seen um, in anime um, very so slightly um, but I would have liked to have seen that developed more uh, it's just really good I mean if you're looking for something to kind of like fill that void for this kind of content um, I've noticed that like it's mostly manga cause like anytime anime touches on anything LGBT it's either just straight up like porn or it's just not good mm. um but Bloom into You is fantastic. And um, there's the episode where they go on a date. That's very cute. Um, it's good. Just
3: watch it. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me. only always.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, what is your final pick? Um, it is Laid Back Camp. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which. which um, Finally. If I could describe Laid by Camp, it's basically getting underneath a warm blanket, um, and having either a wonderful dessert or, like, a homemade soup, uh, it's just, it's, it's just comforting, and it just makes you feel good, because it's a very simple premise of these girls going camping, but it's just, the characters are just so infectious with their enthusiasm for camping, uh and just their just quirkiness and the desco as their leader just kind of just all this gung-ho it just makes you just go yeah let's go camping uh, <laughs> uh and i think just if, just to sum up just how infectious the show is i showed this show to my brother hank who is not a I would say he's a casual anime viewer. Like he's seen Bebop and he's seen Trigun and he's seen a few things but he doesn't really keep up with that. Um so I showed him Laid-Back Camp. We marathoned it in like 2 days and he wow. and and I and nice. he and he asked me like is there a second season coming? When is the second season coming? I want more Laid-Back Camp. When is the Blu-ray coming? I'll <laughs> do. I want to mm-hmm. buy the show um uh <laughs> he he just loves loves the show and c- coming from uh someone that's more of a casual viewer if it could connect that strongly um then i think um it has something it has something going for it um right now they're doing um like that camp shorts called broom camp that is airing uh this season which is uh winter of 2020 Uh, there's supposed to be a proper second season coming, and a movie, too. Um, I, um, I want those to come out really soon, because, uh, just watching the show just, just makes you happy. And it has beautiful, uh, background art of just the actual, uh, Uh, parks and campgrounds which are actual real places so uh, their secret marketing of getting weebs to go outside I think worked Uh, just uh, go outside go go on a hike, go camping it's great (laughs) and uh, go watch Laidback Camp
2: Mm -hmm. I just want to say that these are my children I will protect them with my life and if you intend any harm towards them I will kill you (laughs) 100%
1: 100% agreement. <laughs> yeah, laid back camp is amazing. I think Bill said it extremely well, and yes, I cannot wait to see what the second season has in store. And I'm really excited for that movie because I know we're yeah. promised a movie. So it'll probably be the same awesome antics, but maybe a little bit more glossy animation, which I am totally uh, down as for. As long
4: as they have that beautiful uh, camping backgrounds, whimsical oh relationships, mm-hmm. and an awesome flute. Music, (laughs) the flute, the flute pan music that plays with the (laughs) with the guitar. Uh, I will be a happy camper.
1: Sarah, last one
3: last one okay my last one is a lull in the sea or nagino asukara um yes it's <laughs> basically just a big old love polygon between a bunch of 14 year olds wait okay wait before you Ooh. go hold on wait <laughs> a lot of them can like breathe underwater and there's this whole like mythology thing of like oh humans were originally like from underwater and some of them decided to come to the surface long ago and it's this really interesting world that's there that like you get little sprinkles of it explicitly but for the most part it just exists as the context without you being spoon-fed every little detail Mm -hmm. about this world of these like kids having to go to school on the surface. Oh. But um yeah, it's just really good and I mean, I'm not going to say if you don't usually like that kind of drama stuff that you're going to love this, but it's definitely a gorgeous series with re- gorgeous series with really interesting um just like character dynamics between everyone and then there's sometimes where you're like oh he definitely like does he like her wait hold on what's happening (laughs) like it just does things in so many layers that's just so intriguing to me and then um there's definitely two parts of the show at the midpoint and the end that are very divisive for people um and I don't want to spoil anything (laughs) so I'm just gonna leave it at that but it's definitely uh one of those sleeper hits where it's like if you were into anime when it came out you probably definitely have heard of it and maybe have seen it Mm -hmm. but if you're like have only sort of gotten in with the recent boom you maybe missed it and I wanted to just bring it to people's attention Yeah, it's
2: gorgeous And I watched a lot of that show while sitting in the bathtub So (laughs) Perfect Sounds appropriate
1: (laughs) So is it kind of like Waiting in the summer With fish teens
3: Why not? Anonatsu Uh, Mm. I mean, sure I uh, I mean, it's It's not As cliche as I make it sound, Mm -hmm. I guess
1: Okay Mm. Okay
3: because it's also
1: because yeah. I kind of put Anonatsu and Toradora kind of in the same category, you uh-huh. know. I think
2: I, that, I mean enjoyed this show a lot, and usually once you start going past a love triangle, I am done and emotionally mm-hmm. checked out. So
3: like it's it's <laughs> interesting.
4: So I c I I yeah. can't
3: it turns into like a love dodeco oh, <laughs> It gets three D up in this <laughs> like
4: Isn't that
1: Macross? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right well that brings me to the last one last and least i'm kidding um i might be least but this show is not uh my final pick on here again these were in no particular order like tori said at the beginning of the episode but my final pick is anohana or the uh what is it the title the flowers we saw the
4: place we saw yesterday the flowers we saw yesterday Something no, the
1: gosh,
2: flowers
1: the place. no, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do this again.
2: the beach to it. the flower we saw that day. That's right. Okay. I was close. I was close.
1: Yes. So, my final <laughs> pick is too long. <laughs> <behind that. laughs> my final pick is Ano the flower we saw that day. Uh, which is a show that was um, only about 11 episodes, and it didn't need to be any longer than that because it was perfect. Um, It's really a show about growing up and processing loss and processing your changing relationships with other people. And I think this came to me in a point in my life that I really needed it where i was transitioning sort of from one stage of my life into another and with all of the complications that that creates in terms of interpersonal relationships uh so this series really spoke to me in that way um and it's uh just a really um excellent exploration of the complexities of those things and how like collective trauma can affect people and it's very strange and very like odd at times and very sweet at times kind of like how real life is because real life normal life is anything but normal and I think Anohana deals with that a bit and it's just a very sweet series it's one of a know, I, I mean, I, I don't consider myself an emotionless person. I will get very emotional over anime, but I will rarely cry over anime. But this is one of about three things that have actually made me openly sob. And I always tell the story about how, like, I had like some major sinus congestion when I was watching this show for the first time. So like watching the final couple episodes, I could barely breathe. (laughs) Literally painful. (laughs) Yeah, it was painful. Like I, I almost, I almost died because of this show. Um, and I, after I finished it, um, just because the timing worked out, they were showing the, uh, recap slash sequel movie in theaters uh in a town uh next to mine so i was able to go see that about a week after i wrapped up watching the show so um i i'm very very fond of that memory and um it's just a wonderful show if you have not seen it and if you want some things that are really emotionally raw and emotionally real I would highly highly recommend going back to see *Anohana* because it is very very good
3: other than, like, that show broke me, yep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that is the common critique, or the common uh, comment, I guess. I, not a critique, you know, it's a good thing. You
4: know, uh, just briefly, I would say that I haven't watched Anohana, but it seems that uh, it's interesting that there was this trend of, uh, I don't know, um, dealing with the um, emotional strands and adulting. Like, you can kind of see that in Anohana. You can see that in, uh, A Silent Voice, you can see that Mm -hmm. in Night is Short Walking Girl, and I, maybe it's a, a a general theme that we were seeing through, uh, through this decade.
1: I have learned in my years of watching anime that if something is going to break me, I'm going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) That is a generally accepted rule. (laughs) <laughs> Alright so here at the very end I'm going to read a few more of these Testimonials and then we will wrap up This episode uh, So someone also writes in Legend of the Galactic Heroes The I'm not going to read the subtitle because it's in German But it's the recent one from a couple Years ago Uh, modern reimagining of my favorite anime of all time which I also watched this decade this series as a whole tells a story of unrivaled scale and depth of characters this anime stands out from the original series with its great battle CGI from Production IG let's see Somebody also says, Death Note, that's not from this decade at all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I admire that. I admire the blatant
4: but disregard I mean, the for authority. Movie. The Netflix <laughs> movie. At, movie. at <laughs> least movie. They,
1: they actually did write that in the submission. They said, Death Note, I don't think it's from this decade, but.
3: Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Little Witch Academia During an extremely deep depression a few years back The goofy, light-hearted feel of the show Combined with the phenomenal animation, art, and writing Helped me to Aww. keep going It offered me a chance to lose myself In a much more positive and hopeful world Than I saw around me And it will always be special to me Thank you so much for sharing that That's I great. hope you're
2: doing better, friend
1: Yeah Gosh, uh, this person uh, continues to go on. and says, Angel Beats, this appears for the first time, my ex, who I was with for almost a year, convinced me to watch it, so it always reminds me of him and our time together. I don't know if that's supposed to be a positive memory or not, uh, Hmm. but... uh, my it's on,
3: it's on there, so it's on I there. guess. Yeah,
1: it's. Uh, my heart goes out to you, anyway. Um, and then they also say Tokyo Ghoul. I got to bond with a now very flo- very close friend over this show. She was very obsessed with it, and so I watched it, and we've been pretty good friends for like five years now. That's awesome to hear. Oh, That's nice. great. Mm. Someone also says um, G- uh, Dragon Ball Super, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, One Punch Man, and then the last one we have here, Made in Abyss. Uh, The series gave me chills and allowed me to delve into a wonderful world They also say the Monogatari series It's funny, serious, and beautiful at the same time It also allowed me to get out of a not-so-good place Good for you And again, we'll end it where I began it just a second ago With Anohana It taught me it was fine to cry It also helped me get over a breakup So that's it for our testimonials. Thank you all to you wonderful listeners, you wonderful random people out there on the internet for submitting your um, uh, accounts of your favorite anime from this decade. We really, really loved reading through your submissions. So thank you so very, very much for doing that. And thank you wonderful co-hosts for joining me on this ride through the last decade. It was a lot of fun. I think this episode, even though we're talking about ten years worth of anime, uh, it will still be shorter than our twenty eighteen <laughs> review episode.
3: <laughs> also, we didn't talk about any anime from twenty nineteen.
1: That's true. Uh, no,
3: I did. Blue oh. Was- oh yeah. Oh wait, you're right. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So just as a quick thing, if I I didn't really. What did I watch in 2019? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Promare. But we're not going to talk about that this episode. We'll talk about that during the movie. episode. <laughs> I want to go to bed.
0: Yes. Yeah, all right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, again, thank you guys for joining me for this long episode. Thank you, listeners, for listening to this long episode. I hope you guys had a wonderful decade past in anime. I hope you have a wonderful decade future in anime and in all things. So, Bill, where can people connect with you on the Internet?
4: Um, you can find me mostly retweeting about and stuff on uh, Twitter at wb4man999. You can also find me writing articles on our website, www.thirdimpactanime.com, all one word. Uh, recently, I did a top four big news stories of this past year which I thought was pretty good, and everyone, um, mostly everyone, has put out uh, top ten favorite things that they enjoyed entertainment-wise last year, uh, which are always fun to read, Um, and I know uh, in the near future we should be having an uh, Anime of the Decade article on our website as well.
1: That's true, that will serve as a supplement to uh this episode because it is only the four of us and there are more people that participate in this podcast, so we'll have some voices on that article that did not get to share their opinions here on this episode. So look forward to that. In the coming weeks, probably. I'd like to have it done this in week, the, but we'll in see. the
4: near future.
1: Near future. <laughs> I like that. Tori, where can people connect with you?
2: um i am always on twitter watching and waiting at worst waifu
1: and sarah where can people find you
3: hello you can find my crying over gacha posts and random art retweets over on twitter at unique x harmony um proceed with caution <laughs> uh, can, can
4: i do can i do a slight promotion for your twitter is great the, i think i i think the only reason i'm able to keep up with any idle news or any good idol uh artwork is through your twitter account <laughs> so uh you do the idol lord's work thank uh, you i'll take uh,
1: that the idol lord's work yeah and for me, you can connect with me over on Twitter most easily at BebopShock and that's Bebop is in Cowboy Bebop and shock is in I am so shocked with tiredness that I need to go to bed.
4: Oh, that's, <laughs> that, that uh, tired pun means it's time to go to bed.
1: It is time to go to bed. All right. Mm-hmm. And you can connect with all of us over on our website thirdimpactanime.com if you would like to support this podcast of course the best thing that you can do is to just share it with a friend everybody's always looking for a great new podcast and i think we could be that podcast even though we're not as great as other people i think we're still pretty good anyway um, and if you'd like to hey, support us don't
4: beat yourself down austin that's true <laughs> i think we're i think was, we're good
1: i was mainly beating you down specifically bill
4: uh, i see how it is yeah yeah
1: exactly all right Uh, And if you would like to help us keep the (laughs) lights on You can support us financially If you're able to We will take your money through two main sources Either be a monthly contributor Over on our Patreon Or send us a one time donation on Ko-fi And the links to that will be in the description But they are both the Respective sites Slash third impact anime So they are pretty easy to find We're also on Facebook And we don't really post there very much If you would like to join our community discord page you can. It is free and open as of the time of this recording and in order to join all you have to do is go over to our website thirdimpactanime.com again and click on the community button and you can add yourself to the discord. It's a pretty solid community. All of us are pretty well active in there and we look forward to speaking with you and again thank you guys so much for being on this episode with me and thank you listeners for listening and we will see you next time.
0: 君と夏の終わり将来の夢将来の